You are not alone. You are worthy of success and you've got this. If this is the episode that you come back to when you're in this space to help you get out of your own funk, out of your own way, I'm here for it. But remember, I am not going to fix you. You are going to fix you. And as soon as you take the experience and say, I am better than this, I am showing up for myself, I am inching and clawing my way out of this, that's when you're going to find your real success. And that's when you're going to find yourself get out of it. Hey, I'm Ashley Agle. Some of you might know me as Ashley Burkhart, and I'm a former D1 and professional softball player who spent a few years coaching in the college game before deciding to put all of my focus into youth softball players and helping them make their dreams and their goals happen for them. It's our job to help them unleash their potential and become the athletes they've always dreamt of. I come from a small city in the Midwest and didn't let that stop me from making my goal of playing D1 softball a reality. No matter where you live, you have the tools to help you thrive, and I am hoping through this podcast to help you get there. On this podcast, you'll learn from Olympians, Hall of Fame coaches, and elite players what their journeys have been like, and you'll also learn from me and my family a bit of our journey through the game. I'm so excited to have you here, so whip out your notebook, and let's learn how we can grow in this game together. Welcome to When the Cleats Come Off. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is going to be an episode that requires a lot of scary conversation simply with myself. It's something that I've been holding in a little bit. I've shared some of this in previous episodes on the podcast and once I get going, you'll understand. But this is going to be titled The Time I Hated Softball because I think that when you really care for something and love something so much and outside forces teach you hard things, there might be a time where some of you right now might hate softball. And if you don't, great. The majority of my career, I loved it. But if you are not in this scenario, I want to encourage you to keep listening anyway, because there might be a time when you go through something that I'm about to share that you might go through. And if you never want to hate softball (laughs) for as long as I did, and there was a about a year and a half period where I did. I've never shared this with anyone uh, other than the people that I'm very, very, very close with. But I don't want you to hate the game. And I did hate the game for a while. And this story is going to share a little... I'm, this is so, I'm so nervous for this. If you can't tell by the tone of my voice, this is, this is a nerve-wracking episode for me. But I feel like once I get it out there, I will feel better. And who knows? I might get criticized for this episode but I'm not going to hold my feelings back simply because I'm scared. And I hope that this, this brings some courage to those of you who might be in a scenario similar to what I was going through. All right. So, so let me set the scene. (laughs) By the way, if you haven't noticed, this is a different podcast than usual. It is because I'm normally positive, uplifting, giving and teaching you things physically and mentally how to, how to be stronger. This is one of the hardest mental struggles I've been through. And I'm excited to share it simply because I know it's going to help at least one person. I hope it helps many more, but at least one person. So let's go back to, I played at Purdue from 2011 to 2015. I struggled a lot in that time. It was four of the hardest years of my life, but again, four of the best years of my life at the same time because I, I learned that I could do hard things. 
and still come out on top. I still loved the game. Um, there was a period where I was just like, man, this is really tough. But I never, I never thought about quitting the game or stopping playing ever. I never thought about transferring when my coach left. I loved Purdue so much. I my experience there was second to none. I, I couldn't have imagined a better experience for myself in college. And I've shared a little bit of being drafted, but I was drafted my senior year, to my surprise, to be completely honest. Uh, didn't really know that was in the cards for me, but I was drafted to play pro in 2015, so my senior season. And so I literally, as soon as season ended, went to go play pro. Two weeks after my season ended, I was going to practice with my pro team. And it was an inaugural team, brand new, new coaches, new management, new everything. Um, so we were all kind of learning this together. We all kind of felt like rookies. And so I was playing with people like Lauren Hager, who I've had on the podcast before. She's a two-time national champion uh, from Florida. Ari Yamada, I had, I had a team, two teammates from Japan. Ari Yamada happened to hit the game-winning home run against USA in 2008 Olympics. I know that hurts some people to listen to, but she's an incredible player. One of the best in the entire world. She's so good at what she does. She just won another gold medal at the Olympics. And I had other great and amazing All-American teammates, Women College World Series teammates. They're amazing. And I was also playing against people like Lauren Chamberlain, Natasha Watley, Kat Osterman, Monica Abbott. Just keep going. There's so many incredible players in this league. At the time, this was the premier league in the U.S. at the time. All right. I don't even know if it still exists anymore, to be completely honest. It's kind of like gone under the wayside because now Athletes Unlimited exists. A lot of players are playing in Japan. There's other pro experiences as well. But this is the cream of the crop when I left school in 2015. And when I went, I was excited, nervous, but in like a good way. Like I'm pumped because I get to represent some of the, I get to be one of the best players in the nation, let alone world at the time. It was a really, really exciting feeling. And I was just so excited to rep Purdue, rep my family, you know, represent the people and the places that I had been before. It was just an incredible experience going in. Within one of the first few weeks there, um, a coach at the time who, who I didn't know, and I don't think she knew me either. She didn't know how I played, which I get. Like I just got there, and she just came off of a college season too, so she's getting to know the players. And she said something, and she probably said it in, the, in, a, in a way to, that would motivate most people, but she said something along the lines of, I don't know... I don't think I'm going to start you once the Women's College World Series players come in simply because they've been to a World Series. And at the time, I had never even been to a regional. I had never competed in a regional in my entire life. My postseason was the Big Ten tournament, and that's it. And I only got that for, I think, maybe two seasons. So I was unfamiliar with the cream of the crop game at the Women's College World Series. Would I have loved to compete there? Yes. Do I think I would have done well there? Yes. Because going back, I realized my best games were always against the best teams. The teams that had some of my teammates and people I was competing against on them, like the Arizonas, the Arizona States. I don't know why they were the two, first two to come to mind. UCLA, Florida, all these teams that did get to play in, at the biggest stage of college softball, they were my teammates, and, and I was pumped about it. But this coach telling me, like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to play you in front of them, from my point of view, it was, oh, crap, she doesn't believe in me. And, and this was the first time that someone had doubted me and I let them get to me. I've shared on this podcast before, I've had times where 
in the past, I had a coach when I was younger say, because eh, I told him I wanted to play D1 softball. And he was like, I don't know. You should probably lowball it because you might, you might get to D3. And, and it was one of those things where I, I felt bad, but I shared with my dad, like, hey, coach said this. And he's just like, it does not matter what he thinks. The only thing that matters is what you think. And he's like, if you know you're going to play there, you're going to play there, and I'm going to help you get there. So my dad made it clear that he was in my corner helping me do the thing. Now, when I heard this from a coach who I probably gave more respect to than I should have, I always respect my coaches. I always listen to them. And I respect everyone, even umpires. Like That's just part of my game. But I think I listened to her too hard, and I took it really personally. And I think... Obviously, I had I had some coaches that doubted me prior, but I always had coaches, head coaches, that believed in me wholeheartedly at the same time, and, and I and I was lucky. Not everybody gets that, you know. From from starting out in rec ball to starting out in travel ball, I always had coaches who believed in me a ton, and that really helped me um, become a confident player. But it was just this one time, it really got to me. And when I say it really got to me, like I went through, I was underperforming. So when I did get my chances, I blew it because I was thinking too much about, oh, I have to please my coach. I was trying less. I was being lazy. Like a lot of athletes, they went and worked out before games because we didn't play till like 7 p.m. most days. They'd work out in the morning. They'd take care of themselves. I really didn't take care of myself well. I was just unmotivated. I started comparing myself to other people. Like, this is not the Ashley Burkhart that got here. And, and now looking back on it, this is this is my experience. So that's just not me. I've never felt that way before. I've never felt unmotivated. I've always been the player who, like, if I had a bad weekend, I literally focused on what, what made it a bad weekend. I was going to make sure that week I was going to prepare for that. And I was just, I was always motivated to be a better player. It was always in my brain. So, so during that time, I was pinch running a lot. So I was a player who was very fast, very smart in the bases. And so I did get to shine there. And when I did get to go to, go to a bag to sub for Lauren Hager or whoever, I did love those moments. But it was like small bursts of moments like that. It wasn't a sustained thing. Now, I will say when I was unmotivated and not feeling my best and and when I got opportunities, I was literally getting them when we were down by eight runs and Monica Abbott's on the mound striking everybody out. So my chances were slim to even show up. But I mean, I, I was literally seeing the glass half full for the first time in my playing career and it did not stop. So when I was there, I really, I, I don't think, like, I don't know if I was depressed, but I did not love the game the way I loved the game before. And, and I, I want to say the word depressed with, with definitely a warning sign just simply because I was never tested for it, but I have never felt that low ever. It was one of those where it was just like, I don't deserve to be here. Why am I here? This is silly. Like, I don't deserve to be here simply because I've never been to a regional. I started like putting these lies into my brain and not being able to get out of it. So obviously I was underperforming. I wasn't rising to the occasion like I knew how, how to do in the past. And I started frankly hating the game. I was like, it's the game's fault. <laughs> like, who says that? But I've ne I had never been challenged up until that point with an experience like this, ever. That made the game harder than it's ever been for me. And the game is the game. The game is simple. And I talk about this all the time. Like, the game is the game. It's never changing. I mean, sometimes rules change, but it's the same game. But I did not believe myself in myself for, for a year and a half. 
until, until the Dallas Charge played against Team USA in an exhibition game about halfway through my second year in the pro league. So I, I was going through all that for an entire year, even when I was coaching at Purdue in my quote unquote off season, which was like nine months because season's only three months. I was not in a good place, but it was a year and a half after I was drafted to where we were playing an exhibition game against Team USA. And of course I got the start because it's an exhibition game. Doesn't count for our record. So yeah, let's, let's play the non-starter. Me. <laughs> okay. And this was in 2016. So I got the start. Kaylani Ricketts is on the mound. Lauren Chamberlain's at first. Shelby Penley's at short. A lot of other studs also. Obviously, it's Team USA playing this game. And then I just thought about this. And I said it earlier, but I remembered my best performances were always against the best teams. And I thought about it. I was like, why is that? Because I want to show them what I'm made of. Because they're looking down on me, but they should be looking up to me simply because I am good and I am really good. And I know this probably sounds cocky to some people, but like when you are good at what you do, you tell yourself that you are. I wasn't out there saying, oh yeah, I'm going to go beat you, Kaylani. I wasn't saying that out loud, but I was saying it to myself. I was like, let's show Team USA what's up. Oh yeah, they're going to start the, the non-starter today. Well, let's like make them revisit their decision-making when it comes to starting. So I literally was just boosting confidence in my brain. I'm like, this is, this is what I live for. I live for these moments. This is Team USA we're talking about. Like, they're going to compete in the Olympics in a couple years. Let's do the thing. So I show up, and I went two for three. I had a stolen base. And I was thinking about why is that? Okay, because I visualized myself succeeding against this team. And I found success. I had not done that since my senior year of college. So a year and a half after that is when I finally went back to visual, visualizing myself succeeding. Like I did in college against UCLA, Arizona, Alabama. One of my favorite home runs I've ever hit was at Alabama. It was so much fun. And, and that game felt like that. And I felt like myself again. And then after that performance, it was like this entire glass ceiling had been broken And no, I didn't get starts right away, but I finally wasn't bothered by not starting and I was excited for my opportunity instead of feeling bad about myself and saying, oh, I'm not going to win this. Because I noticed that when I wasn't starting, I could still be a really great teammate. I can still go steal bases for Lauren Hager once once I sub for her. I can still climb on the fence when my teammate does incredibly well and just be the energy that I wish I would have had more often. I use those opportunities to learn. Like when I didn't start, okay, why didn't I start? And I, and I started getting back to that mentality that I had prior to playing pro and saying, this is all up to me. If I'm not starting, I have to figure out why. These are all things that my dad instilled in me. My coaches prior to that instilled in me, mostly my dad. But I finally got back to myself and then I started hitting home runs. I still remember my first home run ever in the pro league. It was so, it was cool. I started getting more starts and I was just having more fun and I learned to love the game again. I grew more in those two years than I ever have in my entire career. This is probably why I built this podcast, 
probably as a big reason why I still work in the game. I still work with youth athletes. I really help them with not only their physical skills, but their mental skills and just perseverance, determination, grit. These are the things that when I was at my best, I had. And when they were taken away from me, <laughs> I took them away from myself. Let's be real. It really, it really hurt. And I hope that this story helps an athlete, um, you know, whether you're going through this now or whether you're just like making sure you don't do it, help you realize that like these things happen. People say things and we interpret them in our own way, but it's that fortitude that allows us to show up at our best. But we have to get through that in order to know what that feels like. I came out on the other side and I feel like now that I'm sharing this vulnerable story with you, I'm going to start, start talking about it more because I've reflected on it. I took a long time to come up with this outline for you of how I wanted to share this, but I'm still going through it in a way. I still have days where I doubt myself or someone says something and I really take it personally. And, but I now know how to get myself out of it because I've practiced it. I practiced that mental muscle of bouncing back, of believing in myself, of putting on a motivational podcast episode or motivational music to help me get out of it, to realize that I'm great. I literally have a list. Like if I am struggling, sometimes I'll put on a timer for five minutes and just write all the things that I'm good at because I'm that low and I need something to get me out. By the way, those are things that you can find inside the $7 Goal Smasher course. If you're interested in some simple ways to help build some more confidence, that's why I built the course during COVID. Um, because these strategies I've done myself and they are proven ways to help build confidence. So the Goal Smasher 14-day confidence course is, I'm not trying to sell it, let's be real. But if it's something that you feel like will help you kind of find your inner power and your inner strength that maybe you've been putting on the back burner, go try it out. And that's why it's only $7. Like, I don't want it to be a moneymaker for me. I mean, obviously, I need to make it something just because I believe in it that much. But it's, it's, it's a big way to help get out of your own way. And um, I still use those strategies to this day. But adversity is necessary. I hope this story explains that. And a lot of us, we know what physical adversity is, right? Like, we know that a, a pitcher on the mound that's really fast, like, that's a way of a wall that we're trying to get through, right? Like we're trying to, to overcome that adversity. We're trying to overcome the adversity of being down by five runs and it being the second inning and finding and fighting your way back. But that mental adversity, I had never truly felt it until that moment of my career. And we don't learn how to get out of it without practice. I firmly believe I will never have a spout that long again, simply because I got out of this and I am learning ways of how I got out so that I make sure I don't get there again. doesn't mean I don't have bad days. I have bad days all the time. People are like, why are you so positive? I'm, pos I'm more positive now because of the hard things that I've been through and coming out of it okay, figuring out a way to get out. But I still have bad days. I still have terrible days. Shoot, I was supposed to record this like four days ago and literally Friday, I was like, no, <laughs> it, th this, this is not me at my best. I'm not performing now. Yes, I think of podcast episodes as performing, but I felt better today to share this story. So I'm sharing it today. So if you're not playing as much as you'd like, if you're in a bit of a funk, don't know how to get out of it, getting back comes from you. 
doesn't come from your coaches. It doesn't come from your parents. It comes from you. And if you're at this place, I wish somebody would have told me this, but nobody was going to tell me this because I didn't share this with anyone at the time. I didn't even share this with my boyfriend who I talked to every single day, who's now my husband, until after this had all happened. But I wish somebody would have told me because I wish I would have said something sooner. You're not alone. You are worthy of success. And you've got this. I'm going to share it one more time. You are not alone. You are worthy of success. And you've got this. If this is the episode that you come back to when you're in this space to help you get out of your own funk, out of your own way, I'm here for it. But remember, I am not going to fix you. You are going to fix you. And as soon as you take the experience and say, I am better than this, I am showing up for myself, I am inching and clawing my way out of this, that's when you're going to find your real success. And that's when you're going to find yourself get out of it. But constantly beating yourself up like I did when I was playing, like you're not worthy of this, you're not worthy of being here. Over and over and over I was telling myself this, and some of you might be saying this to yourself right now. Mindset shift. Make the shift. If you say, I'm not worthy of being here, then say, I'm going to prove that I'm worthy of being here. You're not going to know right away what it is, but you will figure it out. You say it enough times, you will start to believe it. So shifting the mindset is something that we've had a few guests on the podcast talk about. So Hannah Huseman, she's now the Rangers mental performance coach. She was with the Phillies before. I've had her on the podcast and she talks about mindset shifting. She talks about shifting your mindset from something negative to something that's beneficial for you. So if you want to dive into that, go to Hannah Huseman's episode. I put it in the show notes for you to click on. So if you click on the episode wherever you're listening and look at the show notes, you can click on that episode and listen to it if you feel like that's for you right now. And also I've had my old sports psychologist who actually helped me get out of this funk, by the way, shout out to Dr. Carr. I still met with him a few times after I played at Purdue because I didn't utilize him actually enough at Purdue. Um, I reached out to him when I was going through this and he helped me get through this and, and share with me journaling practices, which now is the reason why I go nuts about journaling. He talked about visualization. He talked with me about, um, kind of just manifestation, like seeing your future and making it happen. So shout out to Dr. Carr. He has also been on the podcast talking about um, just the mental game. He's the mental performance coach now, the head of mental performance for the Green Bay Packers. So I think he knows what he's talking about. (laughs) So I will also put that episode at the bottom in the show notes as well. I'm making a mental note of it right now. Um, But you can find his episode in the show notes as well. These are ways that you can start practicing this mental muscle and your inner strength. And just in conclusion, I'm so glad my coach said what she said. And here's the deal. Again, she probably said it in a way to help motivate me, but it did the opposite to me. And it's not her fault. When someone says something that they shouldn't say to you, it's they're probably going through something too, or that's all they know, Okay. So I'm glad she said what she said. I resented her for a while. I'm not going to lie. I resented the whole thing for a while. But as I'm older, (laughs) hopefully wiser, I learned to be grateful for it. Because those words, it affected me, yes. But I found my way out, and now I get to share with you how you can get out of your own way too. 
and how you can believe in yourself more and how not to let somebody's opinion of you actually make you think about yourself in a negative way. I will never let someone who doesn't know me affect how I think of me now. And I hope you don't either. Remember, you're your only way out. For me, I got myself in the mess. I did. I let a coach dictate how I thought about myself. But I also got myself out. And I'm happy to be here. (laughs) That's why I love the mental game. That's why I love teaching it on this podcast. That's why I love coaching athletes, giving lessons. My virtual academy has a lot of this work. Every other week in my virtual academy, which doors are not open for this. They won't be open again until June. But that's why I built this. Every single week I meet with them. Every other week we hit. Every other week we work on our mental fortitude. And every week we have challenges. This is the stuff, like putting in your reps physically, great. Keep doing it. You got to work on your skills, of course, but we got to also work on those mental skills. I did not know that until I was in the thick of it. This is hard, guys. (laughs) But for those of you that are still listening, shout out to you. You're awesome. And if you feel like this needs to be heard by someone, if anybody came into your mind during this episode, can you please just do me a favor and share it with them? I, 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 I don't even know what to say other than I really think this could help people. I would not be sharing this, putting my voice into this podcast mic with this story if I didn't think that there was a learning opportunity here. So please share this with your tribe. Share that with that one person that literally came to your mind during this episode or two people or three people, whoever came to your mind. And if you really want to be awesome, <laughs> go ahead and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. I'd love to hear what you think. My DMs are always open. Tag me on social media. I'd love to see your thoughts on this. And I really, really hope this can help people. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to stay humble. Stay awkward. Keep working hard towards your goals and keep smiling. You're not alone. You are worthy of success and you've got this.